The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. You know that you were a very stubborn person. Nobody can tell you to sleep at six (laughs) o'clock. But when you came to this church, there was a grace that changed your life. You who used to be very stubborn now has become very willing. You used to be a goat, but now you are a sheep. (laughs) Say amen to that. You used to be a very disloyal person. But the moment you came to this church, you became very loyal. Why? Because when leaders lead, the people willingly follow. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Judges chapter 5 verse 2. And I like it from the New King James Version. I'll be reading the New King James Version. Judges chapter 5 verse 2. Judges chapter 5 verse 2 I read it says when leaders lead in Israel when the people willingly offer themselves bless the Lord amen let's read it together when leaders lead in Israel when the people willingly offer themselves bless the Lord amen Say a good amen to that. This morning, I want to share on a very long title of a message that I've titled, When Leaders Lead, The People Willingly Follow. When Leaders Lead, The People Willingly Follow. Say that with me. When Leaders Lead, The People Willingly Follow. Say it again. When leaders lead, the people willingly follow. Say that again. When leaders lead, the people willingly follow. Amen. Now the scripture we read in Judges chapter 5 verse 2. The Bible says when leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves. That means in every dispensation, God raises leaders to lead. In every generation, God calls leaders to lead. And the purpose of every leader is to lead you out of something into something. The purpose of a leader is to lead you out of something into something. Hosea chapter 12 verse 13, it says, God by a prophet brought Egypt or Israel out of what? Egypt. And by a prophet, he also preserved them. So a prophet or a leader does two things. Number one, He brings out, and number two, he preserves. 
So when leaders lead, the people willingly follow. Notice that they follow how? Willingly. But it is the responsibility of the leader to lead. It is the responsibility of the leader to do what? To lead. And when he leads, the people willingly follow. I want you to notice that word, willingly. They don't follow by force. They follow willingly. Now, some of you know yourselves. You know what kind of a person you were. You know that you were a very difficult person. Before you came to this church, you know that you were a very difficult person. Nobody can tell you to sit at one place. You know it. You know that you were a very stubborn person. Nobody can tell you to sleep at six (laughs) o'clock. But when you came to this church, there was a grace that changed your life. You who used to be very stubborn now has become very willing. You used to be a goat, but now you are a sheep. (laughs) Say amen to that. You used to be a very disloyal person. But the moment you came to this church, you became very loyal. Why? Because when leaders lead, the people willingly follow. Are you following me? This is very important. This is very important. If you're going to be a successful leader, you have to learn to lead people, not by force. And please hear me, in the church, there are two categories of people in every church. There are sheep and there are goats. There are those who willingly follow and there are those who unwillingly don't want to follow. Now, isn't it interesting that nobody forces you to come to church? You just come. Because when leaders lead, the people willingly what? Follow. Not by force. Nobody called you to come. You came yourself. Have you noticed that even when it comes to giving, nobody forces you to give. You give yourself. Why? Because when leaders lead, the people willingly what? Follow. The government doesn't lead us. No country leads its people. You say, how? Because if they lead the people, they will not take taxes from source. They will let you pay your taxes after you have been paid yourself. But because the government doesn't trust you, They take their taxes before the money gets to you. But God says, I'm not going to take my portion. I'll give all to you and trust you to willingly follow. When leaders lead, what happened? 
When leaders lead, what happens? When leaders lead, what happens? The people willingly follow. Now, I want you to understand that at the point of this scripture where uh, Judges chapter 5 verse 2 was written, during the time there was no king. And because there was no king, the Bible says that everybody did what was right in their eyes. There were no king, there were no prophets, there were no judges. Everybody did what was right in their eyes. And can you imagine a nation where everybody is doing what is right in their eyes? It's disorder. And a woman by name Deborah rose up and then she had to lead the people willingly. She has to change the system by leading the people right. And the moment she started leading, the people followed willingly. The chaos stopped and the whole nation was changed and transformed. The same has to be in the church. When leaders lead, the people willingly follow. Now, how can a leader really lead the people for them to follow willingly? Number one is that leader must have what I call integrity of character, integrity of heart, and integrity in everything. Because, you see, unfortunately in the church today, there is no integrity you see choir directors directing the choir and pointing to the lady by the far side after the service, nine o'clock, meet me in the corner. After the service, nine o'clock, meet me in the corner. <laughs> no integrity. The choir leader is pointing women in the choir. So this week, this one is nine o'clock. Next week, this one is six o'clock in that corner. Junction 8. I'm not telling you stories. This happened. Not in this church, though. No. No, not in this church. Praise God. We don't have any choir director in this church. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, but you see, so integrity of heart is so important. And even not only that, in the church today, prophets, pastors are sleeping with women in the church. They are touching women where they are not supposed to touch them, unfortunately. And it's happening in the church. And the, the sad truth is that many people flock there because they see a little gift in the person. Are you following me? But remember, the maturity of a person is not based on their gift. Because God gives gifts to everyone not based on your maturity. I give gifts to my children every time, not because of their maturity. So the, 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 the fact that somebody is exhibiting gifts of the spirit doesn't mean they are matured. And don't be so desperate to the point by allowing someone to touch you where they are not supposed to touch you. There are things I can't say in the pulpit, but there are things, things are happening. Things are happening in churches out there. Things are happening. 
I know you know all these things. You, you know that. I, I know you are not. You are a very intelligent church, church congregation. This church is highly intelligent people. I know you see all these things out there. They are all out. It's not a secret. And yet you see, you see all kinds of things. <laughs> there are all kinds of things going on. So integrity is key if we are going to lead people willingly. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 12 from verse 1 to 6. I want to show you one man who led with the highest level of integrity. 1 Samuel chapter 12 from verse 1. I read. It says, and Samuel said unto all Israel, Behold, I have hearkened unto your voice in all that you have said unto me, and have made a king over you. And now behold, the king walketh before you, and I'm old and gray-headed, and behold, my sons are with you, and I have walked before you from my childhood unto this day. Behold, here I am, witness against me before the Lord, before his anointed, whose ox have I taken, or whose ass have I taken, or whom have I defrauded, or whom have I oppressed, or of whose hand have I received any bribe to blind eyes therewith, and I'll restore it to you. And listen to what the people said. And they said, Thou hast not defrauded us, nor oppressed us, neither hast thou taken out of any man's hand. And he said unto them, The Lord is witness against you, and his anointed is witness this day, that you have not found out in my hand. And they answered, He is Witness. Verse 6. And someone said unto the people, It is the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron and brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. Amen. Amen. Now, what someone saying, what someone is basically saying is that I have led you all these years and I have not defrauded anyone. He said, I have not defrauded anyone. I have led you with integrity. I have not taken bribe from anybody. He stood before the people and said, is there anybody here who can say I have defrauded you? And all the people said, no. Why? Because as a leader, you must lead with what? Integrity. That's why I'm not in a rush. It's a long journey. Are you following what I'm saying? It's a, you see, ministry is a long journey. It's a long haul. It's not a, a two-mile race. That's why you don't have to rush. You rush, you crash. Life is not a rush. Those of you trying to run against someone, competing against someone, it's not a race. Be content. Enjoy what you have. Enjoy what God has given you. So Samuel said, 
Look at me as an example. If I've defrauded anyone, come and say it. If I've taken bribe from anyone, come and say it. I haven't. And I can say the same as Samuel said. Even though I am not at the end of my ministry yet. Samuel was saying this at the end of his ministry. He said, behold, I'm gray-headed. What is going to be your testimony in life? Where you are working now, what will people say about you when you leave? Are they going to say, oh, that gentleman, he takes 30 minutes toilet break every two, two hours. Integrity is key. Integrity of heart. Not being the church duping people. Lying to people. Calling one person, saying this about that person. Integrity of heart. It's very important. Why? Because when leaders lead, the people willingly follow. Listen, to build anything significant, we must have one image, write this down. We must have one image, we must have one speech, and we must have one language. These three things are key and important. If we're going to build anything significant, we must have one image, we must have one speech, and we must have one language. What is that image we're talking about? We are trusting God to have our own building. Say amen to that. Amen. That's one image. Not double image. One image. And once we have one image, what do we do? We say the same thing. We have one speech. We say the same thing. One speech. And then after that, we develop one language. What language do we develop? The language of faith. With God, all things are possible. We can build that that place. We can buy that land. We can buy that property. What are we doing? We are releasing the language of faith. Why? Because faith calls forth those things which be not as though they were. One language. One language. Genesis chapter 11 from verse 1 to 6. I'll rush through this quickly. The Bible says that in the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shina and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name that we may be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, verse 6 is key, the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they all have one language and this thing they have begun 
to do and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. So you see when we have one image, one speech, one language, even God notices. Their vision was to build a tower that reaches towards heaven. That was their vision. And when they decided to build, what happened? They said to among themselves, this is what we are going to build. They found themselves a plane and started building. And the Bible says that God saw what they were building and God said, what these people have imagined to do, nothing can stop them. That's the power of one image, one speech, and one language. So from this season, when we say we are going to build, what do we all say? We are going to build. Say a good amen to that. When we say we are going to build, what do we say? We are going to build. Now, if somebody among us say, "Ah, do you think we can do it? That person is not speaking the same language. Why? Because when leaders lead, the people willingly follow. So what is our vision as a ministry? What is our vision? To become the largest church planted everywhere we are located. Say amen. Amen. Say amen. amen. Everywhere you see Solution Chapel International will be the largest. That's our vision. In all humility, when we came to this side of, of, of Crawley, we're just two, two adults and one child. And we said this is going to be the largest church. In the whole of Crawley, in the whole of West Sussex, and to God be the glory, it happened. Amen. Right from here, six branches were planted from here out of two people and one child. God made it so. Are you following what I'm saying? So when God says something, just believe him. Just believe what God says. So our vision is going to be, we're going to be the largest church in this town. Not only the largest, the largest in the whole of West Texas. And not only that, the largest in the whole of the UK. And not only that, the largest in the whole of the world. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. How is it going to happen? It's not by might, neither is it by power, but it is by the spirit of the Lord. Why? Because with God, all things are possible. It's not going to happen because of my nice face, even though I have a nice face. Amen. It's not going to happen because of your nice face, even though you have a nice face. It's going to happen because of the Spirit of God upon us. Say amen. Amen. Say amen. Amen. And be excited to be part of something big. And this church is going to be a standard across the world. Millions are going to be flying in just to come and learn from us what's happening. There will be an outbreak of revival from solution. To the rest of the world. You say how is it going to happen? By the spirit of God. And all the people had what? One language. They said we are going to build a tower. 
there is nothing so powerful of people who are willing to do something great for God. Amen. Amen. There's nothing so powerful that a group of people decide this is what we are going to do for God. And it's going to happen. I remember many years ago the church that I used to go to. I still belong to that church. Praise God. I don't believe in leaving a church. I'm still a member of that church. Whenever I go back home, I go to that church. I still see my pastor as one man of God. It's for life. Amen? Amen. I'm a man of one wife for life. A man of one wife for what? For life. And you must be a, a woman of one husband for life. Not you are married and then you say five years down the line, once I get my British P, I'm leaving. That's evil. 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 Evil mindset. <laughs> Mary, once I get what I want, I leave. No, marriage is for life. It's for better, for worse. And in that church that I was in, a man of God said, we're going to build a university. It's never happened before. A young church. I mean, when, when they started, they were in a classroom of a few people. And in those days, he said, they're going to build a university. And people were laughing. They were laughing at him. I said, what? Is this guy crazy or what? And so finally, when the time came, remember, every vision is for an appointed time. So when the time came, and so he told the church, well, it's time for us to build the university. Everybody should give. I had a little money then, little savings. I took it all and I put it in. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was just excited about this vision that a church is going to be the first church to ever build a university. I was just excited about it. That's why it's important that the vision of the church must excite you. Don't be in the church and think it's their vision. That means you're not part of it. Are you following me? When you're part of something, give your whole life to it. Give everything. Give your whole heart to it. So I gave my everything, my little. I can't remember how much I had then, but it was all I had. And it was for me the most the most sacrificial giving I've ever done. I didn't know how far that little money helped, but to God be the glory, the university was built and it became the first private university in that country. It became. Hallelujah. Why don't you rejoice? Learn to rejoice at good things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, and today is still charting paths that many are still following. So you see, when I look back, I say, wow, so me, little boy, I was part of it. I was part of that big vision. So now you are here today, be part of this big vision. Tomorrow you'll be somewhere. I was there when Pastor preached on when leaders lead, the people willingly follow. When I see our 
TV, our ministry on TV, I sometimes, I, honestly, honestly, I still don't believe it. When I see this church on TV, honestly, I still don't believe. I say, what? This church on TV? On TV, on radio? For me, is the biggest thing God has ever done and many that he continues to do. It gives me a sense of belonging that I belong to something that has a great future. Look at this ministry. Look at Let's look at all of our lives individually. Remember the first day you walked into this church? Do you remember? Do you remember how you came in? Do you remember? But look at where your life is now. Definitely your life has progressed from where it was to where it is now. Is that, is that true or not? That's true. So that should tell you that God is here. And God progresses all of us gradually gradually. When you look back from where you were, you are no longer there. Your spiritual life where it was a year ago or two years ago before you joined this church, a month ago before you came in, your life has shifted. You can now make sound decisions. Some of us came in without a car. Today we are driving cars. Some of us came in with nothing. Today we are driving four by fours. Some of us came in renting. Today we have our own houses. That is God gradually progressing us. You can see that that's how the hand of God operates. Some of us came in as single. We are now married. Some of us came in with no children. Now we have children. Some of us came in with no job. Now we have a job. Some of us were demoted. God promoted us. That is the hand of God right there. That's the hand of God right there. So when you see something great, you belong to something great. So finally, as we get ready to close, how are we going to build this building that we are talking about? How are we going to buy it? Let's look at an example. Let's look at an example. Exodus chapter 35 from verse 4 to 5. I'll jump a few scriptures here and there. We're going to look at how the first tabernacle was built. Exodus chapter 35, verse 4 and 5. I read, the Bible says that, And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart. I want you to say that with me. Whosoever is of a what? Willing heart. Whosoever is of a what? Willing heart. A willing heart. It said, let them bring it an offering unto of the Lord. Three categories. Gold, silver, and brass. And there are many other categories after. So, look at what Moses is saying. God has given Moses a pattern to build. And then Moses comes to the people and Moses spoke unto the congregation and saying, this is the thing that the Lord has commanded. commanded. Building God a house is a command. Yes. Say amen to that. Amen. This is our year of what? Dominion. Yes. And to operate in dominion, we have to own our own things. Yes. We have to own our own buildings. I remember when we bought our first 
property for the church in South Africa. I've never seen it. I've never been there. He went there. He saw it. Huge. Bigger than the Broadfield Stadium. Huge. In South Africa. Because when you have a vision, you build something big. The reason why I've never been there is because it's not about me. <laughs> he went. The church paid for him. He went. How long did you go for? Two weeks. Two weeks. Everything paid for. Went there, saw what was happening there. This church, all the branches we planted, Germany, named them, South Africa, here in the UK, Everything that was bought were bought from here. Because when leaders lead, the people willingly follow. When leaders lead, the people what? Willingly. So Moses said to the people, God said we must build a house, a congregation, a tabernacle. And God is saying, take from among you an offering unto the Lord. Say amen to that. It says, take from among you an offering unto who? Unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a, a willing heart. Remember, when leaders lead, what happened? How do they follow? How do they follow? Willingly. That's why the Bible even says that give cheerfully. Any offering you don't give willingly, God doesn't accept it. Willingly. Moses said, if you are going to bring God an offering, it has to be what? Willing, not grudgingly. Uh, why, why do we have to give? Why do we have to buy a building? Uh, are we not okay here? Is this not a building? See? Selfish. People who don't have no future, they don't see far. Are we not okay here? What's wrong? Well, why are we going to? Why, 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 why does, why does God want us? God said, build a tabernacle. And God, look at the offering God is demanding. Gold, silver, and brass. That means among the congregation, there are those who can give gold. Say amen. amen. Among the congregation, there are those who can give silver. And among the congregation, there are those who can give what's brass. Now, if you can give gold to God and you give him brass, it's not acceptable. Yeah. And then you start calculating, God, <laughs> you know you have given me gold, but I have to chip a little bit of the gold and make it silver. Come on. Remember, it has to be what? Willing. Let's jump to verse 21 to verse 22 of Exodus chapter 35. The Bible says that, and they came, that's the people, everyone whose heart stirred him up. So as I'm teaching on this, the spirit of God is stirring the heart of men and women in the church. Everyone whose heart is stirred him up and everyone whom his spirit made willing. Can you see the key word is what? Willing. The spirit made willing and they brought the Lord's offering. I love that. 
they brought what? The Lord's offering, not our offering, not our money. It's the Lord's offering. They brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all his service and for the holy garment. And they came both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought bracelets, earrings, rings, tablets, and all jewels of gold. Every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. Now, this was in those days. They brought earrings, but this day we don't need your earrings, praise God. Don't bring your bracelets. Don't say, Pastor, I have gold earrings. Don't bring it, praise God, because we are not... We are not uh, uh, those people who sell bracelets and earrings. And we are not goldsmiths. In our case, we turn it into what? Into money. So you can go and sell your bracelets or your earrings. (laughs) Hallelujah. And let's jump to verse 29 of same chapter. The Bible says, and the children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord. Every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. I love that. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Do you see the key word there is what? Willing. 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 So how are we going to do this? We're going to do it how? Willingly, not by force. Because when leaders lead, what happens? The people willingly follow. Final two scriptures and we close. Now let's look at how it was done. Let's look at what happened in Exodus chapter 36, verse 5 to 7. Exodus chapter 36, verse 5 to 7. The Bible says that, and they spake. Now, remember, the process began from Exodus 35. So, Moses has commanded everybody bring gold, silver, brass, and so on and so forth. And so now, the people started giving. The whole congregation started giving to build a tabernacle for the Lord. And then verse 36, verse 5, chapter 36, verse 5. The Bible says that, and they spake unto Moses, saying, the people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. That's powerful. Say amen to that. Can you see what happens when we have a willing heart? The Bible says that the people brought much more than was needed for the building of the house. Somebody is asking, so pastor, if we bring more than is needed, will you say it's enough? Yes. (laughs) I'll say yes. No more. Don't bring any more. <laughs> and, and, and let me say this. This is the most generous church on the surface of the earth. Amen. Amen. This is a 100% tithe paying church. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. In this church, nobody forces anybody. Everybody is a tither. Everybody is a giver. You, nobody will tell you give. Can you not see what time we take our tithes and offering? It's before the message. It's before, not after. Are you seeing? Not, we don't wait for people to come before we take our offering. 
If you are here, praise God. If you are not here, praise God. The Titan offering goes on because God knows how to take care of his house. That's what this house has never lacked. Everything we buy, it's cash down. We never do anything alone or borrowed. And you've been to a lot of churches. You know the standard in this church is high. Come on now, you know it. The standard in this church is very high. It's very high. And you wait, by next week, when we bring out all the lights we're talking about, you see, you say, wow, is this my church? Praise God. I said, praise God. So the people brought so much that Moses had to tell the people, ah, it's enough, too much. Verse, verse 6, the Bible says, and Moses gave commandment and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. For the people were restrained from bringing. Say amen to that. The people were restrained from bringing means they were stopped from bringing. They said, please, today, no offering. <laughs> and we'll get there. Amen. I said, we'll get there. Amen. Have you not noticed most of special events that we make, we don't take offerings. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? We don't take offerings. We don't. Because this is a blessing. It's not about money. Get this. When we started the church many years ago, nine years ago, my wife and I made a covenant. Our covenant is we just want to give everything we have enough to make sure that we pay for everything that is needed in the church. The rent, everything. To make sure the lights are on, the doors are open every time we come. That was our covenant with God. That's our covenant with God. We were not looking up to anybody. And you remember I told you the story many years ago. When we first started the church, we first started the church. I had nothing. I had nothing. Amen? I had nothing. The first check I gave the vicar, it bounced. The vicar came to me and said, Hey! <laughs> I had nothing because I was a student then. I had nothing. I just took a step of faith. I gave, I think it was 80, 82 pounds or so. Then, an 82 pounds check bounce. The vicar called us and said, Segmenje, the check bounce. If you don't pay now, I'll lock the door. <laughs> Mercy. This was our first service. I said, God, are you sure you have called me? <laughs> oh, mercy. And guess what happened? This is how humorous God is. Our first offering for that first service, the, the man of God who came to launch us took a special offering. Our first offering was 1,082 pounds. Our first offering 
I quickly then, the money was not, doesn't come to my house. It went to Sister Zama because we were caught in there. So I didn't want to call Sister Zama and say, hey, please, can you, how much offering came yesterday? <laughs> I said, Sister Zama, can we go and put the money in the bank? Because that was the first bank account we opened. And it was just me and her who were, you know. So uh, we took the money to the bank. And that was the first time I noticed the money was 1,082 pounds. That's how humorous God is. So I had to rewrite another check and give to Reverend Alan Pigot. <laughs> no, I didn't write a check. I actually redrew the money and went and paid. 82 pounds. That's how humorous God was. God just wanted to show me that he was with me. And for the first money to pay the church rent, I didn't have it. That was how broke I was. I didn't have 82 pounds. (laughs) I didn't know where that 1,082 pounds came from. God is amazing. I said, God is amazing. Finally, as we close, verse 7, the Bible says that for the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much more. Hallelujah. That's what happens when we have a what? A willing heart. That's what happens when we have a willing heart. So today, we are going to officially launch our church building project. And it's going to be with a willing heart. With a what? With a willing heart. We need to buy a building that is estimated about 1.2 million pounds. And we can do it. I said we can do it. For some of us, this will be our first major thing we are part of. Amen? This will be a church that will own its own building. Debt free. I said debt free. And God is going to speak to all of us. Remember the scripture we read? The Spirit spoke to their heart what to give. Nobody is going to tell you what to give. Because if you can hear the voice of God, God will tell you what to give. Some gave what? Gold. Some gave silver. And some gave what? Brass. So some of us are in the gold category. The gold category could be 100,000 pounds and more. Say amen to that. There are some of you who can give 100,000 pounds and more. Some of you can give 50,000 pounds and more. Some of you can give 10,000 pounds and more. You say, how is it going to happen? If you can trust God and say, God, give me to give your house, he'll give it to you. That's where faith comes in. That's where what faith comes in. And God is going to surprise many of you. Say amen. Amen. God is going to surprise many of you because God is going to use you to build something significant in the name of Jesus. Did you receive it today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293 Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information, or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.